0: Hey guys, Hunter here. Wanted to ask you a quick favor. We're really trying to grow the podcast, and podcasts typically grow by word of mouth. So if you enjoy this episode, please share it to your story on social media or make a post about it. Anywhere that that you uh, consume content, put the word out. We really want to get the word of health and fitness out to as many people as possible. We really appreciate it. And now let's get to the show. And we're back with a Coyote Fitness Podcast. Hunter here, coming to you from the Madison Studios. Once again, I'm here with Caleb, and we are going to talk about um a little bit something different, a little bit outside of what we normally talk about. And the uh the topic is gonna be um you know what to do, so why aren't you doing it? So uh this is you know, we've all fallen to this category um at different phases in our life, and one of our main Um, you know, goals with Coyote is to inform our members as best we can. We always want to try to put out content to teach them, you know, what to eat, how to eat, what's a protein, what's a calorie, how to train, uh, what's important to train, um, as far as weightlifting, how often cardio, all that type of stuff. We just want to put out all the information that we possibly can to people so that they can take everything they have and get in the best shape of their lives. um, but what we consistently see is, you know, so many people know what to do, they're just not doing it. And so we want to, you know, kind of dig into that, you know, what might be some reasons that people aren't doing, uh, what they know they need to do to get the results that they say they need. And, and in turn, do they really want those results or are they just, uh, saying that? So this is good, definitely going to be a deeper discussion. And, uh, I think you can definitely apply this, not just to the gym and to health and fitness, but to any area of life. If, uh, we're not getting the results that we say we want to get, um, then what, let's look at why, why we're not. And if we know what we need to do to get those, then why aren't we doing them? So I think this will be a good discussion today.
1: I think most of the goals and the things that people want are aspirational things that take a long time. And I think our brain is wired to want the immediate. And so I think for most people listening, the things that you say that you want are going to take uh, consistency. They're going to take effort over a long period of time, or at least over um, a significant period of time. And the things that are in the way typically are things that come up in the immediate. And so I think a lot of our discussion is going to be about what are some ways that we can help buffer the the desire for immediate comfort. And um, the first thing that I think about is trying to just visualize and picture what it would be like to the more we can visualize what it would be like to be successful and the more we can almost create a realistic fantasy of what that will be like, I think the more tangible it will be, uh, it'll become. And so I think a lot of times people choose a goal and they say they want to, you know, January 1st, it's, I have a new goal. And they don't think about that goal for the next, 10 days and all of a sudden they're not doing the things that they were or they think about it for three days in a row but that fourth fifth sixth day they stop thinking about the goal and people that are successful are obsessed with the goal they're obsessed with the goal that they have set and they think about it and what that does is it helps them choose the goal over the things that are right in front of them in the immediate and so I think ultimately we don't choose the things that we want oftentimes because other things step in place and we can have that right now, even though it's temporary. And so uh, I look forward to digging into that.
0: Yeah. Delayed gratification. You know, we've talked about this before. There's a, you know, I've seen a study that was out there about uh, tracking and seeing how uh, long kids were able to delay gratification. And that was directly correlated to. Um, their quote-unquote success later on in life as they track them in life and you know by the metrics they determine success and delayed gratification is something that is essential to success it's uh, foregoing the what's going to um, what I want now for what I want in the long term what I want most and I think if we say that we want something um, but then when our actions aren't following through on that, then we need to determine, do we really want that or are we just saying that? And I think that's a deep, deep discussion. But um, for me, delayed gratification is the most important thing um, when it comes to success because I am making a pact with my future self that I'm going to not do what I want to do in this current moment because I know it's going to benefit me um, down the road and, and vice versa I'm going to do what I don't want to do right now um, such as go to the gym I'm going to put my food into my fitness pal I'm going to go to bed now instead of watching another episode on Netflix I'm going to um, drink 20 more ounces of water I'm going to not going to uh, buy that uh, bottle of wine at the store because even though I wanted those things will make me feel better in the current moment my future self will be, um, not happy that I made that decision. And the more decisions I can make with my future self in mind, uh, the more likely I am going to be su- to succeed. You know, one strategy that I've always uh, tried to, you know, put out there to people who are specifically wanting to lose a significant amount of weight, and it's similar to a vision board. I think we've all heard of vision boards, and a lot of people use vision boards because it's not necessarily about what's on the board, it's about that it's a constant reminder of your goals and that. It reminds you to keep working towards those goals, but for somebody that wants to lose a significant amount of weight is to buy a piece of clothing that they can wear, they could wear when they get to their goal weight and hang it up in their closet so that they see it every single day. And it's a constant reminder of, I am going to keep going until I get to where I can put on that piece of clothing. No matter what, I'm not going to stop. I am going to, if it takes me three months or three years, I'm going to keep, or, you know, 30 years, however long it takes, I'm going to keep going until I get to where I can wear that piece of clothing. If you hang that in your closet and look at it every single day and tell yourself and a few other people that you are not going to stop until you can put that piece of clothing on, you will get there. I promise you that you will. I've seen it too many times. And uh, I think Caleb, I recently saw uh, one of our, uh, one of uh, our Coyote members, one of your uh, nutrition clients made a post and she posted a picture of her um, at, at her heaviest. And then a picture of her with the same shirt on now. And it was, you know, way too big for her. And, and that was obviously a huge moment for her and i 150 pounds there you go 150 pounds later and she was wearing you know just showing the difference in how she fit in that shirt then versus now um and it's it's just such an easy thing to do and if you can think about all right i want to i want to weigh i want to lose 50 pounds what what size shirt would i be wearing in that in that instance buy one that you like And even buy an expensive one, but you know, put a little financial skin in the game in it, and buy expensive, and hang it in your closet so where you see it every single day. Every single day, it's going to be a reminder that I will get to where I can do that. And if you tell yourself every day that you will, then eventually you will. I like uh, I like the idea of
1: visualizing it because visualizing it puts um, puts it uh, makes it tangible for you. And again, we just need constant reminders of things. One of the things that I think about when when we, when we talked about this, this uh, discussion today was that I think for a lot of us, we, we don't do what we want to do because we make the good choice hard. And when we make the good choice hard, we're just setting ourselves, we're going on a diet and we're putting a chocolate cake on the counter every night and we're having to walk past it. And so if we can take the food off the counter, it's a lot less likely that we're going to just walk past it and snack. And so whether your goal is, I want to develop, I want to have, I want to make a good friend this year, have deep friendships, or maybe it's a financial goal. You want to, um, you know, achieve a certain amount of success financially, or you have a goal in fitness, you have a weight loss goal. Um, you want to see your abs. All of those things uh, are going to be predicated on you setting up an environment that makes the thing that you know you need to do to get there easier. And oftentimes, say we take food, for example, we say we want to eat healthy, but we make healthy food a tough choice because we got to come home at the end of the day and spend 30 minutes cooking food just to have it ready. And so How do we make the good choice hard is we don't have food prepared. Or, you know, if it's exercise, we don't make a plan to have the kids picked up after school. Uh, And so because we didn't plan that out and, you know, of course, these things, things can pop up. But generally speaking, having a plan for um, all of those things that tend to pop up are going to allow you to not have to make a difficult choice. And so instead of making the good choice hard, we want to make the bad choice hard. And so when we can do that, I think we're going to be more likely to not even have to make a decision at the end of the day. Then we can just fall into a rhythm and we just get into a current that's already set. But for a lot of people, their current is chaos. And so when the current makes good choices hard, um, you know, if you if you're trying not to drink and you go out with with nine people who are going out to get hammered, You've just made that decision really hard for you. It's You're going to be fighting that battle uphill. But if you go out with people um, who are going to, you know, whatever, a museum, they're going to a movie, well, it's going to be a lot easier not to drink at the movie theater than it would be at a bar. So if you can try to find ways to make those choices and, and set up the environment, I think you're going to be a lot like more likely to, to do what you want to do.
0: With exercise specifically, I think putting it on your calendar is such a – Big win and makes it much more likely likely for you to show up. You know that's why we always encourage our members to reserve their spot on Zen Planner because they're making a commitment to themselves and to others that they're going to be in that class. And we all have calendars on our phone. It's super easy to put a a a, a, a recurring um, appointment on your calendar. And I was just thinking while you're saying while you were talking about that specific instance, I'm um, I'm sure we all have had a job where we had a boss uh, before and. How many meetings has our boss requested for us at a certain time? How many of those meetings did we miss? I guarantee you it's zero. Unless you did, unless you literally wanted to get fired, I guarantee you never missed that meeting be, that with your boss. So why would we set, never miss a, me, a meeting that somebody else requested of us, but if we have a meeting that's going to be for ourselves, to improve ourselves, we're so quick to throw it to the wayside or let something else come up or miss it. And so I think the most important meetings are the ones we set with ourselves, because at the end of the day, we're the ones that are walking through lives, um, our own lives, and our decisions are going to directly impact us more than anything else. And so if we can't even keep a commitment to ourselves, then how can we expect to make the progress that we want to make? And so I think a easy win for that, as far as exercise goes, is set your workouts on a, on a calendar and set a reminder uh, for the same time every single day and every single week. And, you know, we say this all the time, but the people that make the most progress in the gym consistently over time are the ones that come at the same time and the same day every single week, week in and week out. They just show up at the same time. It's not like they're any less busy than everybody else. Everybody is busy. Everybody is busy. We all have a million things going on. we got to get pulled in a million different directions. But we, you know, some people make it a priority to show up to that class every single day. I you know I heard I heard some somebody say you know talk about presidents and there are certain presidents that have worked out every single day while they were in office, like you can't possibly say that you're busier than the president of the United States or you know of of another country or whatever, but they still find time to to make make exercise a priority because they know how important it is and we know because we do it that when you spend time working on yourself physically, it's going to improve yourself in every other area of your life. And they know that too, that it's going to make them a better president by them working out. And so that is a non-negotiable for them. They make the time to, to get it in. And so um, that's something that's so simple and easy to do. If you are having trouble going to the gym consistently, you know, think about why is that? And one quick and easy thing to do is just schedule your classes on your calendar a week in advance and check and reserve your spot in Zen Planner for the whole week going into the week. And I promise you, you will be much more likely um, to consistently show up.
1: My example for protein or my, uh, my example for nutrition is if you can have uh, a protein powder always stocked at home, if you can have a protein that you can keep uh, like a dry good, like a beef jerky or uh, some, a tuna packet or some sort of canned, you know, canned protein or something that's, that's available um, in the pantry that takes zero prep, just warming it up or not even having to warm it up. And then you can have some sort of protein in the fridge that gives you three options that are always available. So if you are in doubt of what you need to do, you can know that you're going to save time and save money by just going home instead of going out to eat or running through the drive through And so when you can save time and save money with the healthy choice, then you're going to be more likely to, um, what my next point was is to make motivation irrelevant so what you what the goal is behind this this idea is that we want to try to make motivation an irrelevant tool a tool that can can be used for sure and absolutely must be there and it's going to be there a lot of days and you've got to find that motivation you've got to see that picture or see that uh that dress hanging up or those jeans in the closet and you've got to want to see yourself in those um but I think at the end of the day, a lot of times the motivation is just not going to be there. And so by having the calendar already set for your workout and having the food already there, you don't have to rely on you being motivated to do some extra crazy effort just to do the healthy choice or just to make the choice that's in line with your goal so if you can make motivation irrelevant i think that you're going to be much more likely to succeed and you're going to be less likely to just stop doing the thing you know you need to do and your future self like what hunter was saying your future self
0: is going to be glad that you did this um nobody relies solely on motivation it's impossible you cannot possibly only do the things when you're motivated to do it because that's just human nature is we're not always going to be motivated. And if, if you're, say you're looking at, you want to be, you know, super fit, you want to be as fit as you possibly can be. And so you start looking at the fittest people, you know, maybe you're watching the CrossFit games and you see, man, those people are super fit. It's not because they're any more motivated than anybody else. It's because they've created a, the habit and the routine and the consistency of, diet and exercise over a very, very, very long period of time. They have just done it way more consistently over a longer period of time than you have. That's it. They're not any more motivated than you. Um, on a day-to-day basis, they are just consistently, they are in line with what they wanna do and they have set their lives up to be able to do that. A lot of them literally change their environment to be able to do that. That's, that's something that's huge for a lot of people is the environment they are in is not conducive to their goal and so they have to change it and we can go in depth in that even more. So uh, I was having this conversation after the semifinal, so many people that qualify for the CrossFit Games train together in the same place. Like CrossFit Invictus had three teams that made it out of 10 in the West and also multiple individuals that made it. They all train together in the same gym. You know, people go to CrossFit Mayhem to, to make it to the games. Matt Fraser has Hard Work Pays Off group that trains together. Uh, there's Proven group that trains together in Nashville. Training Think Tank has a group. There's groups of people that train together. Because they know that the environment is conducive for them to ultimately achieve their ultimate goal. Yeah, they're gonna be working out with people that are gonna push them every single day, but they're also gonna be surrounded by people who they're not sure they're it's not a question whether they're gonna show up to the gym the next day at the certain time. They're gonna be there at eight a.m. or whatever it is, every single day. It's not a question that they're gonna be eating clean. Like if they didn't eat clean, they would be like, What are you doing? Yeah. Like what like why what are you walking in here like if they walked in with a piece of pizza, they would be like what are you doing? Like you're, you stick out like a, like a black sheep, you know, like a sore thumb in here because it is so out of alignment with the, the goals of the group. And so the environment is set, setting them up to succeed and it pulls everybody up to that level. And so if you can get around an environment that is going to pull you up to the level that you want to be, you're going to be much more likely to succeed than if you're the one trying to pull everybody else in your environment up to your level. It's much harder to do it that way. It's not impossible. It can be done you can be the, the generational changer. Uh, some, some people say, you know, be the changer and your, your, your generational changer in your family, as far as it comes to health or wealth or whatever, you can be that person in your family, but that's much harder to do. The much easier way to do is go around people that are already where you want to be and just spend as much time with you can because they're, they're going to pull you up to their level. And that applies to health and fitness and it applies to any other area.
1: Yeah, that was, that was a point. It's, you're by yourself is why you don't do what you want to do is because you're trying to do it alone Um, or you don't have enough support and Mm -hmm. you don't have support at every turn. You know, there's a lot of different support structures and the gym is one great place but there are other support systems that healthy people have. They have other communities of people that they spend time with. It's not just the gym, it's uh, it's at church, or it's at a group, uh, it's at an accountability group, it's a counselor, it's some friends of a spouse that's not in the gym, it's some coworkers. Uh, so having lots of different, having balance, I think is another healthy aspect of achieving goals is that um, if you're by yourself, it's gonna be really challenging. And if you just have one person that you turn to, if that person is weak there's a a much more likely uh chance that you're both gonna fall but if you have a support structure at every turn um, when you go home when you go to the gym you have those friends at work then you're gonna be much more likely to um to not be go with the ebbs and flows of motivation i think that for a lot of people they the motivation side of it just last point on this i think. All of those things are great, but I think you think music is a really good example because music is one of those things where you can hear a song in a certain environment and it gives you chills. And then you can hear a song um, in the middle of the day at work or you get in your car or it's on the radio and it just doesn't have the same, it just doesn't have the same thing. You can listen to a song. 20 times and you know i remember growing up listening to the radio as uh and listening to the hip music station and you'd always be looking forward to this one song that you get to listen to by the end of the summer you were sick of it mm-hmm. if you hear hey you one more time <laughs> by outcast yeah. like it is just um it's it's crazy how those those things can can come and go mm-hmm. you know david goggins you hear david goggins and it's like man that fires me up that gets me yeah. ready and then you listen to you know 10 different podcasts that he's on and by the end of it you're like man this guy is kind of annoying everybody has that um and so having multiple layers of um support in different areas we're going to help you not have to rely on that motivation
0: because the motivation's is going to, the motivation's going to go um, if you need if you require music to work out you're not going to be able to stick with it long term because there are going to be times when <laughs> there's not music playing or the power goes out or um that somebody else is controlled the music you don't have any any choice and um you have to, to rely on more than just the motivation that comes with, oh, I got to have the perfect wraps on playing, or I'm just not going to be able to work out or the body scan. I yeah. mean, you can
1: look at the body scan. If your motivation to go to the gym and to eat clean goes up and down with, Oh, I did a scan or I got on the scale or this didn't fit the same way, or oh, I'm up three pounds and then you're down all day and you don't yeah. do the work. There's so many different things where the, the up and down can, can, you really can just see it on people's face. But, um, what we're trying to we're trying to like piece together is just that how important it is to set a plan, and regardless of the ups and downs, to find a support system and take the steps around you to protect that plan, um, because if you don't protect it, it will get um, it's going to get derailed, mm-hmm. and so protecting that uh, is is vital to to having you know, to making these goals that we've set that are long-term goals and being able to draw a straight line to it and not have too much deviation in that line. Um, One thing that I thought about just, I mentioned it at the beginning too, is that um, all the things that are going to be vying for your attention are going to feel really important in the moment. And so rating the importance of that goal is important at the beginning. So if it is, let's say it's a fat loss goal. um, What is the importance of, losing those five pounds of fat and so really like taking time to journal and think i probably looked in the mirror you know eight to ten times today and i had a negative emotion towards what i feel like and what i look like if you multiply that over every day of the year you're talking about thousands and thousands of times where the middle of your day and you got you just got frustrated or you you lost motivation or you didn't feel confidence because you know that you're you're feeling and you're looking unhealthy, and so uh, when you think about it in that way, it's like, man, you know what? Maybe I do need to protect and put some financial investment. Maybe I need to make some time investment and protect this time to exercise because if I can if I can achieve this goal, it's going to give me four or five other things. Maybe I'm going to be less likely to, I'm going to be more confident when I give up and give a presentation in front of my coworkers. You can't put a price tag on that confidence that people have. And so, um, really drawn out and thinking, what is that? Like, what is the actual goal that I'm, um, going to achieve and really thinking about what it is gonna, um, what it's going to require, but mm-hmm. what it's going to mean for you is also going to help you to avoid that, like, ah, oh, this ice cream would be really good, or, oh, I really want to drink, you know, I just had a rough day. And it's like all of a sudden you can put those immediate concerns away and you really can start to, um, I guess, uh, amplify how great it's going to be to achieve the goal.
0: Yeah. Um, do you have any other ones? I had one more I wanted to, no, to go touch for it. on. Yeah, so, I, you know, I really think um, the biggest one is you really don't want it that bad and uh, I I look back on my own uh, life and there's been times that I haven't achieved what I wanted to achieve and the reality was I didn't want it as much as I said that I did and I think that's that just happens a lot and I think so many times we'll say we want to do something because we feel like we should want to do it we feel like we should want to lose 20 pounds we feel like we should want to you know, put on 10 pounds of muscle. We feel like we should do this. We should do that. Um, but really, we don't really want to because we're not willing to make the changes. And we're only going to make the change when the pain of staying the same is uh, more than the pain of changing. And so until we get to that point, we're not going to change. And, you know, we see it a lot with people that will say, I want to lose the weight. Okay, well, let's talk about tracking your food. I don't want to track my food. Okay, well, let's talk about how much you're drinking. Well, I'm not going to quit drinking. Uh, Well, let's talk about how consistent you're coming to the gym. You've been coming on average 1.7 times over the last two months. Well, I'm coming as much as I can. That's just how my schedule is. I'm like, well, you really don't want to lose the weight because you're not willing to do what it takes. We know what it takes to, to lose weight. You have to track your food. You have to make sure you get enough protein. You have to work out consistently. You have to quit drinking every night. Those those are non-negotiables, and if you're not willing to do those, that's fine. But you're not willing to do what it takes to lose the weight, and so you're not going to change. Nothing's going to change, and it's that's fine. You just have to be honest with yourself and be uh, really be transparent and say, you know what, I am not willing to do what it takes to change, so I'm not going to change. But only it will only you will only change when you get to the point where I am. Sick of this. I am tired of how I look in the mirror. I am going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to track my food. I'm going to quit drinking. I'm going to hire a coach to hold that's going to tell me how much to eat and hold me accountable. I'm going to start going. I'm going to start scheduling my workouts five days a week in the in my calendar, and I'm not going to miss no matter what happens. If there's an earthquake, I'm going to find a way to get my workout in that day. I will do what it takes and only at that point will you make the progress and the the awesome thing is when you get to that when that light bulb clicks you can make progress so fast it's mind-boggling we've seen it happen so many times that people finally s- said you know what i just quit drinking i realized that th- my drinking was holding me back and i quit drinking and i feel so much better and i lost 30 pounds in a month and we've seen it happen so many times but people want to hold on to it so bad and Um, they, they, they want to hold on to, I need to have this, this, this drink alcohol every night. You don't, you don't know how hard my, my life is. You don't know how uh, much stress I'm under. You don't know this, you don't know that or whatever, but in reality, they want that, that alcohol or whatever it is, you know, that's just an example is more important to you than the change that you say you want to make. So I think ultimately it comes down to, and like I said, I've, I've been guilty of this so many times. It's, we don't ultimately really want to make the change that we say we want. We're just saying that. And until if we if we did really want to, we would have done it. And so if you want to, and you really do want to, then you'll do whatever it takes to do so. If you haven't done it yet, then it means the goal requires
1: more. Period. That's it. Yeah. If you haven't done it, it means it requires more than you're willing because you can't change the rules of the game. The rules of the game are set. The rules of the game are that In order to lose weight, you've got to be in a calorie deficit. You know, the rules of the game in fitness is if you want to achieve the next level of fitness, you've got to put your body through stress and strain and you've got to also recover from it and you've got to show up consistently. Um, It's hard to, I think we're just our human nature is like, we want to try to be as least consistent as possible and achieve the most. And we want to try to make the least amount of change to our diet and achieve the most. And it can be a really frustrating cycle to get in. And so once you acknowledge that like, all right, I didn't do as much as I wanted to, means I need to do more. Let's do it. Uh, You're going to be in a much happier place. And so I think they tell us this. We talked in, you know, with sales. The goal of sales is just to help someone make a decision. It doesn't mean that you've sold them on the thing. If they walk out of there and they have a clear no to what you're selling, then you've done your job. Uh, And so it's the same with our clients. We really want our clients to know that, you know, when you come to the gym, you are coming for a certain thing. And we want you to have a clear picture of what it is. Some people choose not to do it. And that's absolutely fine. Um, but we're, what we're really motivated is for people who are like the topic of the discussion today. If you want something and you're not doing it, you're kind of in that in-between zone. We want to try to help you get there. And we want to try to help clarify what steps you need to take are, um, and you're not alone in the journey. So lean into the people you have around you. You've got a great, uh, you've got a great community around you.
0: So lean into it because other people are on the journey. It's so freeing when you realize and you make the decision or you realize that you've been subconsciously making the decision not to achieve your goals because you're not willing to do those things. When you finally realize that I can make the decision to achieve my goals and do whatever it takes, it is so freeing because you realize ultimately you are in control. And I think that's why people feel so frustrated is they don't feel in control because they are not willing to make the decision to go all in and do what it takes. When you, when you finally make that decision, it is so freeing because you know what I'm going to do. Whatever it takes, however long it takes to do it, I don't care if I put on five pounds the first week, I'm going to continue to go until I get to my goal. That is such a freeing feeling because it it puts yourself in control. But until you make that point, you feel out of control. You feel like I'm doing I'm spinning my wheels, I'm doing all this stuff and it's not happening. But that's because you haven't made the decision to do whatever it takes until you make that decision to do whatever it takes to make the goal you're going to feel out of control and so if you are one of those people that feels out of control like i'm doing what i whatever i need to do what i feel like i need to do but it's not happening it's because there's something that you haven't consciously decided on yet that you haven't consciously decided to give up this thing or give up that thing or hire this person or do or join this gym or whatever and so when you finally make that decision, it's only a matter of time. You will achieve the goal. It might not be this week. It might not be next month, but you, w- it's a matter of time at that point. And so we all know those people that we see them and we're like, it's only a matter of time before they get to where they want to get to. We've seen them growing up. We've seen them in school. We've seen them at work. We've seen them at the gym. We know those types of people. And the only difference between somebody who hasn't achieved their goal and somebody that has is that decision to, I will do what it takes to achieve this because it, the pain of not achieving it is greater than the pain of giving up the things that I, the, my comfort things that I have. And so, um, to me that, that is, when you get to that point, it, it's just, it, everything else is inconsequential. You're going to get there, but you have to get there in your mind first.
1: Let's go. That's it for me. I got, <laughs> I got nothing. Else. Let's
0: go. Let's go. All right. That was good. I thought. You know, you never know where those uh, those conversations are going to go, and um, I think I think you can hear we're both very passionate about that, and we 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 speak it because we see it a lot, and we've walked through it so many times, and we just want to help people. Um, a lot of times, we want to help people um, more than they want to help their, themselves. I feel like, and so we want to 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 convey to people you can c- take control um, of your life. So, all right, let's move on to the next segment. Outside the box. So uh, we are this is June first. We are in the in the dog days of summer, and it is nice and hot and steamy outside and I have a long list of to do list at my house for the next couple of months on our flight back from California. My wife showed me her list that she made while I was asleep, and it was she was scrolling for a while on the phone, and I didn't even want to look at it because I know how many things it was going to be, but we got to get the yard under control we got to uh get the nursery um. Ready. She already told me of three different projects she had for me to do this weekend. So we are going into the fun phase of project season, summer project season TV uh series are winding down, so we don't have a whole lot to watch right now. And uh the heat's getting getting high and we are gonna be grinding away for the next couple months.
1: I heard the sweetest words ever, um sweetest to my ears, not <laughs> sweetest, kindest. Yeah. What was that? Um but Sarah told me. I think the baby room is done. Oh wow! And so we are. We are like. I think we're. I think it's it. And what that really means is that she's done um, with me getting notifications to, uh, uh, to Amazon stuff. orders yeah. and orders because uh, I think we've. I think we've covered most of the basics. Well, congrats! And it's funny because those are things, and everybody's going to say this, and I know everybody who, if you have kids, your first child, you rec- you remember this, but there's just. I don't even know what to buy. I don't even know what to buy. What is, there are things that show up to the house. I don't know what it is. So it's a lot of learning, but um, that's a, yeah, man, we're in that boat too. It's really fun. If you guys know Hunter and I, we're both kind of in this boat together. He's got twins on the way and Lord willing, our kids will be, uh, they'll be here within like three weeks of each other yeah so that's gonna be a while those would be some fun wild, podcasts ride, wild out, ride
0: outside the box would be fun we might have to uh pre pre uh record some some uh, yeah, podcasts right. get some in the bank just in case you know uh what are you recommending for us
1: oh recommends hold up do you have one yeah i gotta recommend Go so it. we're watching uh 30 for 30 oh yeah yeah american yeah. gladiators yeah we and need to watch that how was that it was great. Uh, Doc and I were just talking in the last class about that. Him and his wife have also watched it this week. Um, I wouldn't have known about it except you text me, Hunter, about it coming up and I set it to record. But guys, American Gladiators, it was, um, it was a thing that it was it took my brain to another level as a kid <laughs> it was like all the games i grew up we used to do these like sock wars and we used to like try to run these obstacle courses and we would take turns like balling up the socks and throwing them each other and watching like that cannon and watching them swing from rings and you know all this stuff and it's kind of cool now i think about like looking back on it those things were out of space like watching those those gladiators do the stuff and watching the regular dad get up there and try to fight him. It was like every, every just regular Joe's dream. Um, And now like looking back on it, I'm like, we have like regular, regular interactions with people who could very easily step out there and do that right now as adults. And so it's crazy. But I remember back then, like that, that was just like watching people swing free from, from rings. It was like, how on earth do they do this? And so, Uh, it just brought back a lot of memories of things I forgot about. And, you know, uh, I think every kid wanted to get to do those things. And, you know, it was, uh, I think just getting back to the documentary, what's wild is you just don't know what all goes on behind the scenes. And uh, so it gets into the pay and the injuries that they were and the steroids and um, the work hours. They were shooting 90 shows a year. Um, and sometimes they would do two a day and they were, you know, breaking bones and dislocating fingers. And it was
0: just a, that's showbiz baby. Yeah, that's it. So it gets pretty deep, but American Gladiators 30 for 30. I saw an interview that they posted. We haven't watched it yet, but I saw an interview they posted with Malibu talking Malibu. about his famous, uh, his famous quote, his, con- when, after when his it concussion. Went, yeah, <laughs> yeah. After he got a concussion and, uh, it, he said that that interview made him famous. And, uh, so anyways, I, I look forward to watching that. Um, so I'll recommend a book that I'm reading right now. I'm not done with it yet, but it's been good. It's called LeBron. It's LeBron biography by Jeff Perlman. I really like Jeff Perlman. He uh, he has written. He wrote the Tiger Woods documentary. That I mean uh, biography that was really good. He's written a bunch of other ones that were good. But uh, I've really liked this one, and uh, it's uh, just I really enjoy uh, reading about uh, you know famous uh, famous people reading their biographies and uh, just learning about their lives and where their backgrounds and. And why they came, you know, why they are where, you know, how they got to where they are, and obviously LeBron is one of those that was gifted from a very young age, and so his is a little bit different than a lot of other people's. But um, it's been really, really, really interesting to read about him, and uh, you know, I, I would recommend if you like if you like biographies, go ahead and check it out, uh, LeBron, and at. Uh, I'm I proud th- of you for reading that. Is it is it bumping him up in the no in the rankings for you? No, no, no. Uh, it's, it's, you know, I just, you know, he's not my favorite, favorite athlete. There's, well, I'll just leave it at that. But, hey, there's
1: a lot to learn from people that aren't your favorite. Yeah. So you, can that's, learn, uh, you can learn you can from everybody. You can, you can yeah. learn something from anybody. So I, take I, that I'll with say you.
0: this. He was very forward thinking from a very young age as it came to business and it came to, um, the people he surrounded himself with and, and that type of stuff. He was very, very mature in that, in that Avenue. And, um, so, um, that yeah. seems to be uh, a rod that when we went to the conference getting
1: that was the biggest takeaway from listening to a rod it was like his first year he's mm-hmm. like trying to find mentors yeah and trying to understand finance and doing these things and you really hear this theme very consistently is that uh the most gifted people on the field typically also just have this desire to learn um it's what makes them great at it so
0: yeah all right well that's it. it man yeah that's it for this week we will uh catch you next time